0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The passion for the world's beautiful game has never been stronger. And now there is one place to get all your insight, analysis, and hot topic discussion. Especially if you're a fan of the five-time MLS Cup champion LA Galaxy or their heated rival LAFC. It's time to roll out the ball and kick things off here on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, former MLS goalkeeper Dan Kennedy and soccer broadcast veteran Mark Rogandino. It is week three of Major League Soccer on the horizon, and that means a new episode here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network alongside my good friend and longtime MLS goalkeeper Dan Kennedy. I am Mark Rogandino, getting right back into the conversation to talk all Things LAFC and All Things LA Galaxy. DK, how are you, my friend?
1: I'm excellent, buddy. Uh, excited about the show today. Um, disappointing weekend for the Galaxy. Uh, amazing performance by LAFC. And uh, boy, do we have a, a, a nice little special guest today in and, and, and Heath Pierce, the one and only Mr. Mustache, uh, former U.S. Men's National Team, uh, good personal friend, was an excellent teammate and uh, fantastic left back uh, for for any Major League Soccer team or Bundesliga club he played for. Um, but, yeah, he, you, we'll get more on him later. But, Rogues, happy to be here, pal. How are you?
0: Yeah, no, I'm great. Uh, good weekend of watching, you know, all the games around Major League Soccer in week two. Obviously looking into uh, Champions League this week and then heading into week oh. three oh. Of, of MLS. So, you know, we, we've got a lot of good things coming your way over the next, I don't know, 45, 50 minutes here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Remember, tell anybody you know, tweet it at them, hit them on social media, go to Believe, that's dot com, and you can check out all of our past episodes of the on the Believe Sports Podcast Network, obviously, as well as this one. But And leave your comments, right, DK? We want people to, to chime in with what we, they want to hear, what they want to see. We're trying to bring a little bit of a different edge to the world of soccer, with specifically focusing on LAFC and the LA Galaxy, the two MLS teams here in SoCal.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, let's dive, let's dive into it, Rogues. I mean, the that's we'll start with the Galaxy just because uh, – Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait, wait. Before, wow. we get to, before, before we get too
0: into the games, before we get too into the games, I want to start out on a, a little comedic note. You had to be living <laughs> under a rock this week if you didn't see James Corden and uh, his little spoof on David Beckham with oh the David God. Beckham statue.
1: You, you uh, don't have to go far it, to find this.
0: Right, and if you, if you weren't with us last week, shame on you, but you got to go back and listen to Alan Gordon, <laughs> former longtime Galaxy member and a teammate of David Beckham's. He talked about being at the actual statue unveil, but then all of a sudden this spoof video comes out. It's like a nine, ten-minute video that James Corden did. I thought it was absolutely brilliant, and I could not stop laughing. I've watched it like four or five times.
1: Oh, that no, was hilarious, and, and I didn't – I actually thought it was one of those things I clicked over and was just like, oh, this is his unveiling. And then they showed it, and I was like, "Oh my God, it looks awful." <laughs> and sure enough, I like I was I was almost caught on the uh, on the on the spoof of it all, and uh, and just seeing Beckham's uh, reaction and and uh, Brand, uh Brendan Hanan uh, at the at the Galaxy, they they worked hard for more than a a handful of months to try to put all this together and pull it yes, off. She yes, he did. did. And, and yeah, they they executed brilliantly.
0: Yeah, and I tell you what, Chris Klein stayed in character the whole time. Yeah, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. And I love, I love how James Corden was like, and this is Chris Klein, you know, uh, he, he's head guy at the LA Galaxy and a guy that David Beckham really trusts. And Klein, when Klein walks up and and David goes, well, what do you think? And he goes, oh, I just, I think it's great. I, I think it's, I think, I think it's great. <laughs> and I was looking at him, and then, and then the other guy that was next to David, I'm assuming it's one of his guys, was like literally laughing, and David look points at him and goes. Look, he's laughing. He can't even stand it. But little did Beckham know, he was laughing for different reasons, right? Right.
1: right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah
0: so, be, be sure to go and check that out. Obviously, uh, James Corden is a huge soccer fan, also from uh over there in england and so he uh a good friend of david beckham having a little fun with him and in the very end we won't spoil it for you if you haven't seen it but the very end it's, it's classic how it all how it comes to end all right now into the games dk we start with uh the galaxy we start i, th- I think we start with lafc let's start with the positives here okay let's start with the lafc oh, yeah and yeah. i i, I want to hear your thoughts on this match but i tell you what The improvement from what they did in week one, yes, getting a win against Sporting Kansas City, but where they went in week two against the Portland Timbers, and in particular, in the second half, there were moments in that second half where waves of pressure and waves of quality clinical soccer were coming at the Timbers' defense. I don't know that there's any defense in MLS that wants to face LAFC when their front six, their front five, led by Vela, are buzzing the way they were in the second half.
1: Yeah, and, and for, for me, as I was kind of framing up this season for LAFC, I, I think this is going to be really important for them to be able to continue to unlock um, the opposing team's d- defense when they are at home, right? I, I think the bank is going to be uh, become a more and more difficult place for opposing teams to come. And Portland, I mean, we spoke about it last week. They 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 literally got to the MLS Cup Finals last season because they were a great road team. And yes. I thought I going into this game, I was going okay. Uh, after week one, Sporting Kansas City very disciplined, very organized, tough team to break down. Um, but with with Sporting Kansas City, they're willing to play, and and they'll you can find some spaces in behind them because they're willing to play and they're willing to get out and pressure. And Portland, um, they'll 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 play much more conservative, which is harder to break down. And uh, their movement uh, collectively between Lee, Wynn, uh, Carlos Villa, um and and the whole crew up top was was impressive and and to have that type of form your 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 form throughout the season is going to ebb and flow but to kind of start stepping into that form at this time uh, if you're an LAFC fan you got to be getting excited man
0: yeah because it, it didn't look like they were in week two of the season no. it looked more like they were in like week twenty the way that they were playing in the second half yes it was one one till the dying seconds of the first half when Christian Ramirez uh, makes it 2-1. Uh, but remember, it's Mark Anthony Kay who we've touched on a couple of times here on the podcast. Uh, Mark Anthony K was the guy that got the opener right on about the quarter of an hour of that first half, yep. and he has that glancing header. Yep. The guy doesn't. The guy doesn't look like a guy who had his leg broken, you know, less than ten months ago.
1: Well, and that and then that isn't that good news for for not only for Mark Anthony K but for the LAFC. I mean, this this is it's just funny how you build a team. Uh, with with uh, some really notable names and players and it comes down to a young two-way midfielder and mark anthony k that seems to be kind of the glue that makes the whole system function Um, and it's good to see him back in form and he gets a goal and it's just like the, the 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 disaster that was a broken leg last season is completely behind him um, and he, for me, he's just the glue guy on this team in terms of his ability to, to track players back defensively and then spring this team into attack um, when, when the ball plays into the hands of LAFC.
0: And the Canadian Federation must have seen the same thing you're talking about, DK, because uh, K getting a call up with the Canadian men's national team to be part of some upcoming matches for them. So a, a nice little, little feather in the cap of the young Canadian midfielder. Uh, But I want to focus in on Carlos Vela for just a moment. Uh, He finishes the night with a goal and two assists, probably should have been Mm -hmm. three assists because uh, for some reason they took away the second assist on the Christian Ramirez goal just before halftime. But this guy where you didn't see him kind of putting his stamp on the week one win against sporting Kansas city, he was all over it here in week two against Portland.
1: And, and so this is this is where for me it, it stands out the most is you have a Portland Timbers team that is is banking on sitting four defenders back maybe letting uh, Jorge Vieafanya get into the attack every now and again but you you go into this game plan and the one person that you're like okay someone always has to be marking or keeping an eye on Villa, and and with that being said for him to come out and have one goal in his hand his hand and all the other three goals uh, shows you that, okay, this is a guy that it doesn't, you know, you focus your time, energy, and effort on, on him, go ahead. And it's not going to jam him up. And he's going to have games where he's he's a little bit quiet because he is the focal point of every other team that they, that that comes in to play LAFC. The first person you focus on is Carlos Vela. And, And that being said, for him to have that kind of performance against a very defensive Portland team, uh, extremely positive side sign this early in the season,
0: and you know I thought Dan, that uh, you know one of the big keys for laFC and actually goes both ways, um, but pretty much defensively, you knew you had to find a way to contain both of the Diegos. I'm talking about Diego Valerio and Diego Chara, right, right. and it, at <clears throat> first, it might have seemed inconsequential. But the fact that Diego Chara gets the early yellow card early on in the game and then eventually he gets one for, for the ear flick against right. Diego I Rossi. Which,
1: I, it which, seems so stupid, huh?
0: And, and it was right in front of the referee. It was literally right in front of the referee. And, and I, I would be the first to argue, hey, I don't know if you can give a guy a second yellow and get it, kick him out of the game for something like that. Um, there is I, I actually – there,
1: there is no place for it. I, there's I no actually place you for got that in the game.
0: I get it. That, was, that, was, that was idiotic of him, but – I, I just, I like the referees, to, and I don't know if you agree, but I like them to have a human element sometimes. Like that, you know, the game is already starting to get away from the timbers right. already. You know, right. I can't you pull them aside right there and say, listen, if I see one more tiny little thing for you right here, then, then you're going to be right. gone. But,
1: right. But, Mark, Mark, they have made such a point. Uh, and the, this is the from the referees from Pro that any hands to the face is a direct red card. So you flick right. an ear. I mean, it could potentially be a, a direct red card. And the way Chara plays his game, he's one of my favorite players in this league, literally, because he Destroyer. is such a dog. Destroyer. He is yeah. such a dog. He works so hard for the team. And frustrations boil over. But uh, I have no problem with the way Diego plays in terms of aggression, in Agreed. terms of getting stuck in. And sometimes he may be even a little bit, a little bit dirty. Uh, In in his play, and I have no problem with that. But this stuff is is just uncalled for. And and talk about like the discipline. Your whole team is 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 put in a really tough spot, right? You've given up four goals. You're feeling terrible. And then you go and put your team further at further risk because they're going to be a man down and they're going to be a man down um, uh, of the holding midfield role that is so important to that Portland side. So very selfish play. Um, Yeah. Send him off. That's my vote.
0: Yeah, but again, and then and then the last thing I was I was wanting to get to was Diego Valeri. He is the engine going forward for that Portland team, and I thought LAFC did a really good job of just not letting him ever get comfortable. He saw some time on the ball, but it's where he saw time on the ball. Most of it was right, forty, 40 yeah. yards away from the LAFC goal. He wasn't or- able to orchestrate things to put guys in really dangerous spots or create mismatches. And that's a credit to the, the four at the back for LAFC, highlighted by one of our guys, Walker Zimmerman, but also in the midfield, Mark Anthony Kagan and Eduard Atuesta, what they did in there to make it uncomfortable for Valeri.
1: Yeah. And, and so when you think about the, the two players, the two players on um, Portland Timbers that can kill you, Valeri and Blanco. And one one objective is just to keep them off the ball or to your point, keep if they're on the ball, they're they're get, they're receiving it 40, 50 yards from goal. I mean, LAFC outpossessed Portland 60 to 40 percent. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, that means all that means is for the majority of the game, both Blanco and Valeri were defending. And, and then the possession that, that Portland was getting was a little bit deeper in the field than, than they probably wanted to. The counterattack wasn't on how, how I anticipated it, it to be on. I think LAFC did a good job in managing that. Um, and, and then you, you just, uh, through all of that, um, take away the opportunities of of what a Valer what a Valeri or a Blanco can do to you in the run of play, and and you and you dominate a game in which you know the first half to your point was tight, man, it was tight.
0: It was, it was. Uh, so four one the final in that one as LAFC improved to two and zero early here in the campaign. Let's flip over to the Galaxy and their trip to Frisco, Texas against FC Dallas. Um, I think both of us were surprised by the late news and. Uh, uh, that you know, Zlatan Ibrahimović doesn't even end up making the trip out there with the team at all because he takes a knock uh, in training. And immediately then, all of a sudden, you have some questions as to who's going to lead the attack. It was Chris Pontius who got the start up there, up top. I personally like Chris Pontius in his game, but at this point in his career, I see him more as a guy who's attacking from wide positions. He gets more space. When you have a guy like Zlatan in there, and, and to try
1: and rely. Well, on yeah, the, 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 be- yeah, I agree. That's flush That's flush this, this, this thinking out rogues. I mean, Ola Kamara, he's in China oh. now. He's oh. in China and gotcha. that's going to, now that's, that's stacking some chips and they're allowed to go and, and make some purchases like Joe Corona, but they're, they're light. If you don't have Ebra, you're, you're playing to your point, a guy like Chris Pontius out of position and yep. Chris, dude, the, the, he, one thing about Chris is he's very capable in the air and I was at the game in Dallas, and man, this guy, Pontius, worked like a dog to cover um, the two center backs and Ziegler and Hedges um, of FC Dallas. And, and really, FC Dallas, Dallas was basically like, listen, we're just going to keep the ball. And, and Hedges and Ziegler dropped off, opened the space up, opened the field up, and they kept the ball while, while Pontius was doing doggies. And really, in the first half, it was a very comfortable game. Uh, for both sides i mean galaxy only had 36 percent of the ball throughout the entire game in which i'm not a like possession I, I brought it up twice here today it's it's not the end all by any stretch of the imagination it's all about what happens inside the 18 yard boxes but to 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 put that into perspective i mean galaxy defended this the the, the whole game and how i mean if you're if you don't have the ball it's pretty tough to pretty tough to score and yeah. they just they just never really look dangerous i mean in fact the the most dangerous uh, playing the game was by yours truly, um, F R A N Alvarez. The sixteen-year-old came on the little slippy slip uh, nutmeg yep. on hedges, top of the box, and then Jesse Gonzalez comes up with a fantastic save to his left. Well, that, um, that
0: didn't come until later in the game, though, in the second half, right?
1: Right, right. Yeah. So this, the, but the, so so all of this is kind of getting to what I'm 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 alluding to is that the Galaxy roster is still a work in progress, man. They're 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 still. I mean, they got money to spend, which is a good thing. Um, and it's, and we, we, we can touch on this in in, in a little bit, but Diego Polenta has not had a, has not been a home run so far. So I imagine they're still looking for a center back and you definitely need a number nine and, and maybe a number 10 may, I I don't think you can, you know, bet the house on Alvarez today, but he should get some meaningful minutes.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to hear. Uh, We're going to have Heath Pierce coming on in a little bit. It'll be interesting to hear Heath's take on, on the galaxy and kind of how that team is shaping both on and off the field. Uh, in a little bit, uh, I thought, I thought you've mentioned Matt Hedges, the center back for FC Dallas a couple of times. I, I, I thought it was, and you were there, so you saw, I thought it was a little soft that they gave the PK early in the second half. Yeah, what,
2: yeah, was, I, I, mean, I agree. It, it it's a, it's it a soft, like a boot, PK.
0: right? It wasn't a boot right to the head. It was like the, the galaxy player. I'm not sure which one it was. You can it was clarify Palenta. it, but it was Polenta. Yeah, he was, he was reaching out for the ball, but it wasn't as if he just, you know, boot right to the head of Hedges. But,
1: but, but I, I agree with you. It was soft. But in, in the end, what what you have to, what you are responsible for as a professional player, is making the decisions that don't allow the referee to make a decision. That's the most important thing. Don't put yourself in jeopardy to have that be a penalty call. For right. me, there's there's two options on that play if you're Diego Palenta, and it's either attack the ball with your head, go attack it, and there will there will not be a penalty called. I guarantee it. Or two, do nothing. Matt Hedges is, is running away from goal with the ball.
0: At so you the don't, edge of the, the, edge of the
1: edge 18. Of the 18 work, so you, you don't have to do anything.
0: Right. You almost it, go into – you go into, into you know, just keep him in front of you mode and let yes. him continue, continue. If he wants to get possession, fine. But, yes. I mean, obviously, Polenta has to feel, I can't get there with my head. So that's so, why he reaches out with the foot yes. and it costs him.
1: Exactly. And so for me, when you think about there's three options, there's three options I have to make a decision on here in a split second. And it's attack with my head, kick with my foot or do nothing. The last option is kick with your foot. And in the end, it's going to be on Diego Palenta. It's a stupid it's a stupid play. I mean, that, that's just what it comes down to. He's got to be smarter than that in this league. And Hedges goes down soft. He knows exactly what he's doing. It's a soft penalty, yes. But he, Diego Polenta put himself in that position for the referee to make that call, and it cost him the game.
0: And then uh, Reto Ziegler steps up to the spot, buries it home to make it one nothing. Uh, if that was soft, uh, it was at the complete opposite end of the spectrum and anything but soft. In fact, it was a firm laser into the corner from yeah. uh, Brian, uh, Brian Acosta, La- for second, laser. Second goal for FC Dallas. laser,
1: sweet, beat. sweet, <laughs> sweet strike. Um, Paxton, Paul McCall, uh, young number nine mid- midfielder. And he was my, he was my player of the match when I called it with, with Joe Titino. But th- this kid is, I mean, I tweeted this after the game, his movement, the way he sees the field, um, his technical ability, the amount of ground he covers. I mean, he he, he is a, a damn near mirror image of what Sasha Klushin was uh, at that age. And um, it's going to be exciting to see where this kid goes under, um, you know, after getting 20, 30 full game season um, under his belt. And, uh, yeah, he, he dictated the tempo of this game and by himself. And it allowed this uh, FC Dallas team to get the guys like Michael Barrios, um, going. And, uh, they, I, I underestimated this, this FC Dallas team. I I thought the, the loss of Oscar Pereja was going to be, um, was going to be surmountable and it's still early, early, early days. Um, but this, this FC Dallas team has a little something to them, at least from what I saw, um, on Saturday.
0: Yeah, so uh, new head coach Luchi Gonzalez. Yeah. Has, uh, his fir- his first win in charge of the team. Uh, L. A. Galaxy fall to one win and a loss on the season. Dan and I are going to uh, take a look ahead to week three in Major League Soccer, and of course we have again our exciting segment coming up, talking about who we're picking and the scores we see, and then our wild card game that we'll throw out for you too. That's coming up in a little bit. But now time to turn our attention. To uh, a third member who will join us here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network as we uh, get things started here with Heath Pierce. With HP3 in 543. And now we bring into the conversation a man who really needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. 35 caps with the U.S. men's national team and a decade as a professional, including. Some time in Denmark, Germany, Sweden, and of course, a nice career in Major League Soccer. You now catch him on Copa 90 as one of their hosts, providing some insightful soccer content. Keith Pierce, welcome to the program, my brother.
2: What an intro! HP3.
0: Oh, I le- I, le- I left out one of the best stashes and man buns in all of soccer too. Zlatan's got nothing on
2: you. Oh, thank you. I've actually got the stash and man bun right now. I haven't had the the combo together in a while, but it feels
0: good. The sun is out. <laughs> you know
2: what, what a I mean? hipster! What a hipster! <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. I'm only I'm ten guess- years behind the cool people that do it.
0: Well, and I'm guessing, I'm guessing the, skin, the skinny jeans look pretty, go- pretty good on you right now too.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. hp B. Three
1: actually had some uh, undercover calves in the skinny jeans, so he's got he's got he's got the strong legs.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't have the long, long skinny legs like I like I like I I had hoped. There'd been some In times envision. I'd seen some photos where you're just like, oh, you're kind of stocky, man. I don't know. If skinny <laughs> jeans
0: are your thing.
2: <laughs>
0: you know, see. DK, I just get
1: the regular jeans and they're skinny jeans.
2: That's your <laughs> yeah, <one. that's>, uh,
0: <laughs> you do have the monster calves, DK. You know, this is the first uh, guest that we've had here on our podcast here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network that is actually a former teammate, not only of you. But a former teammate of mine, Heath Pierce, and I have have taken to the airwaves together with NextVR, doing some Bundesliga and doing uh, some it. classic cl- classicos between Real Madrid and Barcelona down in Miami. So I, I kind of feel like I'm with the cool kids today. Yeah. Well, what a combination. I, I
1: yeah, typically, Rogues, where you're sitting, you're always with the cool kids, you know? HP3, <laughs> uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks. I just want to say thanks for coming on, brother. Uh, nice oh. to have you. For the listeners that don't know, Heath and I obviously played at Chivas USA together. And the one thing that we always said to each other before the game was, well, we got to make some plays, man. And and HP3 mm-hmm. always made, made made plays out on the field. And now uh, love love following your content. Um, and it's, it's original. I think you and, uh, and, and our buddy, Jimmy Conrad are, are the two guys that are kind of, of creating some really special organic, uh, original content
2: around the game. So
1: keep, oh, it, up, keep Thanks, it up, bro. Keep Thanks, man.
2: I appreciate that. I, I thought maybe you were going to call it LAFC 1.0 that we were playing at, but... <laughs> <laughs> you, might get in, you, might get in, you might get in trouble for saying
1: that's, that. That's right, dude. That's right. Uh, you look in the stands, you see the same fans, don't you?
2: Yeah. yeah. Some of them. I mean, I I've, I've talked to a number of the different fan bases uh, on the LAFC side. Some of them are very much from the, from uh, Chivas USA's days, and some of them
0: very much don't ever want to hear that name. Right. So, right. Uh,
2: right. You know.
1: Uh, well, you- a few more.
0: And you can speak from experience, Heath. You were there the very first game at Bank of California Stadium last year when the LAFC got over with uh, the late goal against uh, Seattle. I mean, it's, it's a one-of-a-kind place as of what they're doing, let alone on the field, but what they're doing in the stands with the 32-52 and, and Bank of California Stadium.
2: Well, you look at just that first first game
0: uh, last year, that first home
2: match, and then you look at their their, their last kind of minute winner recently, and you, it's one of those places where you know these sort of things are going to happen. You know, that game last year was kind of a lackluster game. They didn't play great. The goal that Simon scored was just like kind of a mishit and kind of fumbled it into the goal. But it's one of those places where you know that like as the tension rises, there's always a potential for some sort of magic. And that's part of that atmosphere there. And that's part of that 32-52. And the fact that now you have like an entire stadium kind of getting in on the jumping and the dancing you saw. I know it's 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 a low-hanging fruit, but Will Ferrell jumping around at the end of the match, you know, getting going with all the fans as well. So it, it's it's a really unique thing that they're building
1: there. Yeah, you know, what kind of sticks out to me is you guys remember the, the rain delay game last year? Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember. And the fans were just going nuts, man. Nuts. And I mean, believe me, I had when I played in Dallas, H- HP3 probably had the same thing. Like Dallas, you're guaranteed four rain delay games a year. And it's like, everyone exits the stadium you come back to play uh the second part of the game after the rain delay and then there's 10% of the uh, of the fans of the 50% of the original fans that were there yeah um and so it, you'd be playing in front of nobody but to see that was like okay this is, yeah culture is on on to something new
2: yeah i think i think it's just, yeah again it, it's hard it's so and i know there's a there's always going to be this sort of slack that we get in the us about this sort of fabricated football culture soccer culture because it doesn't it isn't rooted in 100 years of history and things like that but it's such a melting pot here that we used to talk about even back in the day that like if they tapped into it right there is a huge football community there is a huge soccer culture here where people are raised in homes with supporter culture or that will to be part of something or feel they can have an impact of what's happening happening on the field it's just amazing to see man and i think it's setting it's setting
0: that new standard
2: especially even even here in los angeles
1: oh yeah I mean, wow, without a doubt
0: Along the lines of, of creating content like that, uh, you know, obviously you do your work over at Copa90, and you guys are not just focused on what's going on here in the States, but obviously you guys have taken things uh, worldwide. I saw, I saw the recent tour of Anfield that you guys had for, for Liverpool's home ground over there. Uh, if you take it back to the U.S., how difficult and how, how challenging is it to, to create that kind of content to bring people in to say – there is something brewing here uh, stateside with regards to the world's greatest game.
2: Well, look, I mean, when you look at Atlanta, you look at LAFC, uh, you look at KC, you look at these places, Orlando, Portland, Seattle, Toronto, they, those places sell themselves, right? If you can get somebody to the in game experience, you can create a fan for life. But the challenge is for people outside of that that don't have access to that. You know, Dan talks about the rain delays in Dallas. Well, Dallas hasn't traditionally had a, a wild atmosphere or one where you go and you say, wow, I, I don't ever want to miss this again. And I think that time is coming where the, the bar is being set high, but it's just different than Europe, right? Part of what we have to do in the U.S. is, is education, right? So if somebody's on the fringes, you know, we, we, we look at nine to 11 different fan segmentations in the U.S. that goes from everything of somebody who pops in every four years for the World Cup, whether it's the men's or women's, to to somebody who is consuming content all day, every single day. And the, the challenge with that is that there's just no one way to talk to fans or potential fans in, in the US so you have to start to get into these communities and understand the nuance between you know different regions of the, of the states as well as you know the Lat, the Latam community and all these types of things it's it's a really big challenge but it starts with again latching on to these incredible stories like you have at laFC like you have in Atlanta these kinds of these these things that are being built and they're community driven they're, and they're they're welcoming right right they're not they're not saying, hey, you haven't been part of this from the start. They're allowing people to find their way into the game. And now as we're starting to see um, even the cultural side of the game take off here from a lifestyle standpoint, it's just allowing all these different entry points. So it's hard to just target everyone with one, one type of content and how you address them. But now we're starting to see all these different things, even what you guys are doing now with this podcast, giving it just a different spin instead of it being single team specific. You're now able to talk to uh, a much larger audience and, and not uh, isolate or intimidate a fan
0: base. DK, we're getting some street cred.
1: I like this. this. Is so good. This is so good. <laughs> HB three. So it, you know, we, we've kind of honed in on on what's making LAFC special. Certainly at the bank at their stadium, and 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 just like this special, special euphoria, especially late in games, and. Um, game over the weekend against Portland I actually <clears> rogues <throat> and I talked about it last week I thought Portland did such a good l- job last year of just parking the bus on the road and and not really conceding goals I thought it was going to be a tight one nil game and then they they pulled the top off and and really created created some momentum Um, and I think that's that's the where Seattle was when they first came into the league where it became a really hard place to play I do anticipate that uh, at, at the bank um, shifting towards the galaxy and the galaxy have, have had this you know turbulent couple seasons since bruce arena left um and the 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 culture is just di- it's just different it's it's not comparable to what lafc has going on they're not the new shiny toy in town um but if if you're the the galaxy and you put on your your uh, consulting hat for for the the marketing department and the, and the team side and and what you're looking for for fan experience um, at at, uh, uh, at at the stadium in Carson? Uh,
2: what 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 direction are you taking it? I mean, the Galaxy was the only team that we that I've seen or that I remember that consistently won with big stars, right? When you used to think about the Galaxy, you thought about at least for me was this. It was a massive club, right? Even when I was at Chivas, I still looked at the Galaxy and I was like. This is a massive club. It right. feels big. It right. feels real. It feels loud. Like you can't help but but notice it, at least when you're in, in, in the soccer communities. Right. Uh, L.A. Uh, as, a, as a city is, is, is just a unique place for sports in general. But but the one thing that I really liked is they went big on that, right? They, they brought in Beckham. They had Landon there. They had big stars, and they were delivering on that. That was a model that traditionally hasn't and still doesn't work in – uh, yeah, you're right, MLS, you're but, right. But at least you you just felt the magnitude of this club. It was literally like and it's a terrible thing to say because this is where you start to get into trouble. But it was our it was the Real Madrid of, of, of Major League Soccer <laughs> in terms of like star yeah, the, power yeah, delivering right. on that. The you know, the pressures of playing for that for that club was was a lot higher than playing anywhere else. And and I thought that was a unique perspective. Like, you can't compare the fan bases because. Uh, I think that fresh start that LAFC got and and kind of that fan base that had felt neglected for a very long time, whether by Chivas or by the Galaxy or by even just by community or neighborhood or location, you can't really compare the two. But I think on that end, you start to create that rivalry that's going to force Galaxy's in-stadium experience to increase. But on the field product, what I just always loved, and and I'm typically against this, is their ability before to bring in big-name players and deliver with them, as opposed to Look, I think Zlatan's great, and I think, I think uh, they, they have some quality on, on the pitch now, but there was something really unique to, to, to the recipe that they had that nobody else could seem to figure out, right? Red Bulls couldn't do it with Henri and Marquez and, right. and any other big players that they had. And, and traditionally, we saw big-name players fail, not necessarily as individuals, but fail to, reach, uh, to, to, to win trophies in, in MLS. And I think that Galaxy had done that well, and I would love to see them Get back to that or find that that perfect little uh, that that
0: little sprinkle of, of star power and, and ability on the field. Uh, I, and, and to maybe use a, a different comparison, but I think a fair analogy. Uh, and I, I always say this about the Galaxy Heath. I say they're the Yankees of MLS, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're, the, they're the Yankees, the way they bring in big names and they find a way to make it work. But I almost want to go back to what you're talking about in terms of closing the gap. It's like the U.S. women's national team. For so many years, they were so dominant and no one could keep pace with them with the exception of maybe a few countries uh, like France. But now all of a sudden that gap has closed. And so I think it's similar with what the Galaxy had for so many years in Major League Soccer. And that gap has closed where, yes, they, are, they were a huge club, still one of the biggest clubs in Major League Soccer. But there's also teams like you mentioned, like Toronto, now like LAFC, uh, Portland, Seattle. Uh, the support that Minnesota is even getting, they haven't had the on-field results, but the support that they're getting, that gap is closing and no longer is it that huge discrepancy.
2: Yeah, and and, and the thing that you're getting in, in all these 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 places, even if they're not big cities, look, like you can't beat the weather in Los Angeles, the lifestyle, the, the, the just the life here is great. Uh, that's hey, why you're, you're back, from, you, baby. You, that's you, why you're yeah. back. Dude, you, you, yeah, you couldn't keep me away from here too long. But in those places like – is Kansas City as cool as Los Angeles? No, but playing in that stadium, it's pretty you awesome. know, 18 times a year, uh home games in front of that crowd is the most kind of legitimizing thing you're going to feel as 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 a as a, especially as an American player. But but anybody coming to this league, you're going to feel validated in that space, right? You're going to feel validated in that community. In Los Angeles, you step out of it and you you're you're outside of the the football realm at times. Whereas in those cities, you're very much part of the the just the way those cities operate and and there's something really cool about that which is what made i think galaxy at the time so big and and grand to me at least in my head i i still remember them and and that goes way back pre you know that goes back to the early kobe jones days lexi lawless days like i i remember all that stuff of being just this massive club and if that means they have to iterate on what that star power is in the way that atlanta has bringing in the young stars out of south america or you go got get guys out of out of europe pre-prime or heading into their prime to do that and then you mix that with local homegrown talent built up the right way i'm not sure what the right recipe is but i just want that club to feel massive again and i don't know if that's because you know whether it's a, a lack of 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 direction or if it's a changeover over ownership that's needed or whatever it is it just needs sort of that refresher to say hey, okay we might have had a few dips in years, but we're still the Los Angeles Galaxy, and I think there is still a lot of, of weight in that. GK, yeah, I, think,
1: I, I think I think I think Rogues, let me jump in one one thing. When you compare it to the Yankees, the Yankees, are the Yankees, and, and in baseball, winning World Series is is so hard, and and not to say that winning an MLS Cup isn't isn't as hard. It's just a, it's just a different beast, right? And the expectation for the Galaxy, to your point, Heath. With the Galacticos, is that they're going to be a, a, a title contender, and and so they what what's happened, um and, and just and, and it's happened quickly, right, uh in two seasons is by by not being a, a playoff team, a title contender, it just feels like they're kind of floundering. Um, I, I think you're spot on. I mean, Ibra's Ebra's Ebra, man. I mean, this guy can't, he, he may, he might be the league MVP this year. Um, if, if he can stay healthy, he took a knock in, in, in week one and misses, uh, a, a week two game against a very young FC Dallas team. And the, the galaxy just look at different side without him.
2: Yeah. And, and, and the, who knows how long he's going to be out for now? Apparently he headed home from training early yesterday or midweek um and and it's just it's just hard to to say where that's going to go but like again going back to to the 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 galaxy when you look at other people's systems right if 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 it's if it's not considered that hard in theory compared to the yankees winning a world series right how hard that is the difference i would say with the galaxy and other teams is every team's goal every year when when typically is make the playoffs and let's see what we can happen. Unless you know that you have a special squad where you are de- you can just feel that you're destined for, for potentially more. Whereas the mentality at the Galaxy was win a championship every year, right? It wasn't like the playoffs wasn't a thing that you right. thought about or worried about or tried to get to and then right. hope for the best and hope that right. you're rounding into form when you're hitting the playoffs. It was like, no, no, the championship is what we look at. Whereas that I think was like a, a, a clout and a reputation and a confidence that they had built by delivering versus other teams, which is usually like, well, let's hope that we, if we can trend for like eight weeks at some point during the season <laughs> and get enough points that will put us safely in a playoff position. Let's hope that four right. rides
0: to the end of the year and then we'll right. see what happens. Right. Right. That's he, he spot was, on. Let's go on. Let's go on the field a little bit heading into week three of major league soccer. What, what have you made in the first couple of weeks? What has maybe stuck out for you? What has surprised you? And I guess where do you, where do you where do you watch from? What do you do when you're taking in the games? Man, I'm, i I the world I know we're you have two kids. I yeah, you those two kids. You know, I I those
2: two kids those two kids get me up for Premier League mornings. Uh, <laughs> happen a little bit earlier here on the West Coast, but um, you know, I, I watch most of that European stuff in the mornings when when I'm getting up with them. But then, you know, throughout the day, that's the the, the amazing thing about the U S and the West coast in general is like, you've got soccer from 6 AM through the rest of the day and the quality of product on the field in MLS. If you look at even, even the, the, the Portland game where you go back to that last minute winner the week before that from LAFC, like, and even with galaxy, yeah, they dropped, they dropped to a way, to, to a young kind of like hyper FC Dallas squad, but the quality is good. And so I watch it anywhere that I, that I can. And now you've got it basically from your phone. So no matter where you are, right. what are doing? I'm able to at least tune in, um, whether passively or actively. And so I just try to, you know, watch, watch as many games as I can, but the season has been an exciting start. You know, I think there's a lot of momentum and a lot of energy, you know, would love to see more young players kind of step up this year or find their chances. I know there's the argument that players aren't getting the chances, but I, you know, we've been in competitive environments enough to know that sometimes you just sort of got to grab it and run with it. Um, but you know, we've got, this U.S. squad that's got 15 players from MLS called into it, um, which I think is is exciting and, and a few names that I didn't expect um, or was surprised to see. So, you know, looking forward.
0: I think one of the uh, really big storylines that we've seen so far, and I'd be interested to hear your take on it, Heath, is, is Atlanta United. Are you surprised that they are following kind of what happened to Toronto FC following their MLS Cup winning season and having their struggles a year ago and now? through two games uh only one goal for a high-powered offense for atlanta united and uh only one point to show so far out of out of two matches
2: well they weren't doing the toronto fc thing until frank DeBoer said that they were doing the toronto
0: fc thing, you know <laughs> that's that's
2: where you, i think i think all of the, the trouble of their season is coming down to his comments because while people are very tribal about their teams and like you go down to mexico and people are tribal people are tribal about the league here still, right? There is still this, like, need to, to to prove and fight for our reputation as a league. So when a guy makes a comment like he's making about how spoiled they were, it wasn't just Atlanta fans that were mad. It was people that started getting mad about, about those kinds of comments. Um, but again, you know, it's a rough start to the season. and you, 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 you learn quickly in this league, especially with the condensed season, how fast a, a season can get away with you. A new coach that takes time, right? Yeah, I was listening to Falcao recently doing an interview um, where he was actually talking about how he wanted to be Michael Jordan and go play baseball when his career was done because he played growing up in Venezuela. That's a conversation for another day. But but he was talking about how Thierry Henry, how how basically he thought that he was prepped to be a, a head coach. I, I I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know that basically that window is so short in places like that. Uh, where he didn't have time to mesh and gel the team and earn the respect of the squad that Frank DeBoer more than anything has to earn the respect of that squad. Right. We're all, when you have a new coach coming in, you're kind of all looking at each other going like, how do I fit into his plans? Does he respect me? Is he going to say something nice to me? What does he think of me? You know, what does his staff think of me? And all those types of things when people start to feel that way, whether it's via public, which we see with Jose Mourinho, burning those bridges um, or in private, players start to form their own truth. So you can kill that immediately and have that locker room gel and you can build it around the players coming together against the coach, the players coming together for the coach, whatever that is. But regardless, you have to find that motivating factor. And if you start to light those fires and they don't get put out, players will form their own truths that the coach don't like them and they'll start, stop trying. And it starts to become cancerous in the locker room. Yeah. Did you, well, did
1: I, you know, I, I, I just, for, for me, one, one thing that it highlights, it, it highlights the fact that, and if you're a team, if you're in a major league soccer team and champion and CONCACAF Champions League, um, you are up against it because the, your team isn't deep enough to or fit enough to make an early run. And then you get you get put in this in this early hole of of playing midweek games as you're trying to get your legs under you in the regular season. And just like Toronto, uh, when things go sideways, confidence is lost um, and you get a couple key injuries or you lose um, Al Marone um, you, you can find yourself in a, in, in a tough spot. And, and I don't, DeBoer is not necessarily conveying a lot of confidence, uh, in, in terms of being forward facing. Uh, so I don't know what that looks like in the locker room, but, uh, I, I still, you know, Atlanta's Atlanta's my pick to have a, a to, to kind of lay an egg this year.
0: Heath, yeah. just, to go, Heath, just to go back to your comment, did, did you, you made plenty of moves during your, your 10 plus years playing as a pro Is there one coach that sticks out for you and maybe how he handled that situation where you came new into a team? You weren't sure what that coach was thinking, how you were going to fit into his system, but maybe he handled it properly or maybe he handled it and it turned out to be a debacle.
2: Look, I think, I think more often than not in my career, I, uh, I I've always been a fan of coaches who are good people, managers, right? Ego managers, The, 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 rest can come if you have enough intelligent players um, that, that, that will work within all of that, but far too often there was an emphasis uh, too little of a, kind of a human emphasis on, a, on a lot of the coaches. I think, you know, when a new coach comes in, when I was in, when I, when I was in the, you know, when we went through coaching changes in the Bundesliga, for example, you're on a, a, a tightrope coaches are going to do what they know best. A lot of times they'll keep the former staff around to keep some of that kind of, continuity uh within the locker room some familiarity to be able to just hit the ground running but there's not one specific coach that I thought came in during a time that I was already there and I thought kind of either kind of had a meltdown or or, or handled it well typically you know I was coming into new locations or or into new teams with with new with coaches that were already established very rarely was it a you know kind of a a coach coming in I guess and, and and in Montreal for example. You know, under uh, Frank Klopas, it was it was a situation where there was a lot of legacy before he came in trying to establish. And then there was a lot of just sort of misconnections and poorly handled way to keep the locker room um, close. And it started to pull everyone apart and just kind of a lot of those differences and opinions and values and and how and why the team should be playing a certain way start to tear a locker room down.
0: But Heath Pierce, great stuff. You can follow him at Heath Pierce on Twitter. What where, where are we at these days on uh, Instagram? Since you got like 35,000, 45,000 more followers than Dan and I combined.
2: <laughs> hey, no free plug. No free plugs, but Fiverr.com will give you all the followers that you need for just five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Having a bad day? Buy 10,000 followers, man. That's great. Well, hey, Always good hey, to have
0: you on. He, H- he,
1: HP3, How, how's how's Daddy how's Daddy daycare coming along? How are the girls? They're doing
2: well. They're doing well. They're settling. It's been. It's funny. Uh, you know, coming from a from New York and then, you know, being with Copa90, which is London, New York, and LA. I've been complaining that like I sold my wife and the kids on this like California sun and whatnot. It's been, right, it's been raining ever since, since you got since, here since we got here. <laughs> and then you tell that to people. And I'm like trying to like sell this like earnestly where it's like, dude, my wife's not all that impressed so far, you know, it's been raining every day and people are in like <laughs> minus 50 right. in other places. And you're just like, well, I guess it's not all bad, but yeah, it's been, it's been great so far, you know, being in the South Bay, kind of getting reacquainted and, and, you know, looking forward to catching up with you guys more often out here. Yeah. No yeah, you, yeah. You ready to come tee it up with DK and I, right? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a handicap 40 right now, so. You, so couple better were... than rogues <laughs> 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 yeah but rogues always looks fresh with gear and you know oh, that's 90 percent of being a good is golfer so is looking tough. good i believe
0: it was the, the great billy crystal who said when you look good you feel good <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey man it's uh it's awesome to catch up we definitely got to do it again and uh let's get let's get you out to uh, one of the stadiums in the next couple of weeks and uh we all get to uh Get all the teammates, put the band back together, and have a little fun.
2: Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you, buddy.
0: Keith Pierce. Send him off with a round of applause, everybody. (laughs) Best stash and best man bun around. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Obviously, Dan, I know we both have uh, had plenty of our own experiences with Heath Pierce. What a great dude! Uh, he's becoming a really good broadcaster. He was a great player. Yeah, he player. is. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys, as teammates at Chivas USA, hanging here in Southern California, had a, pro- a couple of pretty good stories together, right?
1: Oh man, he and when when HP3 was on our team, he was actually um, traded away mid-season um, in our second season with Robin Fraser and Greg Vanny, and I, I it was a tipping point trade. Um, We were we were like a competitive team. We weren't a good team, but we were competitive and we were disruptive. And we had the best we had the best or the second best defense in the league in July. And it was um, Heath that was traded into July. And because we weren't scoring goals, they brought in Juan Agudelo and for for HP three. And it disrupted our defense, and we ended up giving up a lot of goals. And that was that was the difference. I think if we would have just stayed as is and not brought in, not traded away Heath, we we would have gotten down to like the late um, October uh, cusp uh, uh, playoff team, and it could have been a turning point for for that team. But H P three is a great great is a great friend, was a great player, and uh, you could just hear right like him being on. I mean, this is what he does. He, he's getting very good at what he what he does.
0: Oh, so you're saying that Chivas USA team didn't have a chance to have that eight-game run in the end of summer like Heath was talking about? Exactly. You put put together enough enough points to to Be able to squeak your way into the MLS Cup playoffs.
1: Right. Yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> right.
0: But by the exactly way, it worked right. out, it worked out pretty good for him. Uh, he made his way over to New York, became right. a fixed fixture of that left back spot for, for New York Rebels. And if you go to YouTube and you go, you uh, you search Heath Pierce, you'll see that magic stepover move that he had in the run of play down the uh,
1: left. He honestly he, he's silky smooth on the ball, rogues.
0: Yes, yes, he is, yes, he is. So our thanks to Heath Pierce, HP3, for hopping on here. Uh, in week three. Speaking of week three, uh, we look ahead. Galaxy looking to bounce back. The good news is, is they'll be at home. Uh, Dan, I don't know if they're going to have Zlatan Ibrahimović available in the lineup, so it'll be interesting what kind of an 11 uh, Guillermo Beros-Galoto size to put out there, but they play host to a team that is surprising me in the loons, Minnesota United 2-0, and sitting there with LAFC and Seattle as the uh, the two, only three and 2-0 teams atop the Western Conference. What are you expecting?
2: Yeah,
1: this is going to be a tough performance or a tough uh, game for for the Galaxy. Um, Minnesota comes in to Dignity Health Sports Park with literally nothing to lose, right? I mean, they're, sure. they're they're playing with house's money. This team's been a joke for the past two years since they came into the league, and um, they they they've I mean started off uh, started off on the right foot, obviously. A um, couple good signings, and then. Uh, Miguel Ibarra uh, is, is performing uh, to, his, to his potential from what I've seen, pulling the strings as the, as the number 10. Um, so, yeah, Galaxy are going to have their hands full uh, just because I anticipate they are going to be again without Ibrahimović. So um, what I would like to see is now that you have Joe Corona, Jonah Dos Santos, and Sebastian, Sebastian Legette, the boy, a.k.a. the boy, in midfield <laughs> together, is you have to dictate the game. I mean, those are three really good soccer players, Rogues. I mean, these guys are all very sound, technical, savvy, intelligent soccer players. And that three-man midfield has to dictate the game on the ball.
0: Yeah, and to your to your point, if uh, it becomes a wide open game, I think that favors Minnesota because all of a sudden that means that the midfield is not dictating the rhythm and the tempo for for the Galaxy in the match, and all of a sudden you have Darwin Quintero on the ball and he is running at your defense over and over. Yeah causing mismatches overload on one side where guys are making runs on the weak side and getting really good looks and really good chances. You cannot get into a wide open game. I don't think this weekend, if if you're the LA galaxy.
1: Right. And and so one thing is still a, is still a little bit of an issue for this galaxy side is, is, is team speed. I mean, they are uh, FC Dallas highlighted what FC Dallas has been over the years is, is a dynamic team. Um, And so, if, if you're not the most dynamic of teams in, in terms of explosive uh, speed on the on the pitch, um, you got to control it with the ball. And so that's that's my expectation is if they're going to go out there and, and put the right foot forward and get it and get a good result against a hot uh, starting Minnesota United team, um, it's going to be by dictating the game and uh, and then freeing up some of the guys. And, and hopefully Alessandrini's back. But a hamstring, I wouldn't be. I'm, I'm, I'm not hopeful of that um but you get you know maybe get get some some better minutes from uh ema Boateng, uh joe Corona should be a little bit more settled into this into the side and then if chris sure. Pontius, if chris Pontius is settled is is teed up as as the number nine um in my mind what you want to do is is get the ball wide and and get the ball into the box and let all of your players crash the box whether it be the the op the opposite side winger chris Pontius and two midfielders
0: if you are Skelotto, given what we've kind of discussed here and I think what people who have watched the Galaxy have seen with with uh, Polenta having a little bit of struggles at that center back spot, do you maybe bring in a Dave Romney to, to pair with Steris What'd you call Steris Mr. Steady, Mr. Eddie. steady Eddie? Steady Eddie. Steady Eddie, that's that's right. But
1: and, and maybe, that's what he's been this year.
0: Do you maybe you know, send your new signing to the bench to watch a little bit to cause sometimes when you're you speak to it. When you, you don't want to be on the bench, but when you are, you can see the game in a different way and how how things are going.
1: I, I think that would probably rattle him a little bit too much. So if if I'm the coach, I say, hey, I, I kind of pull him by the collar and and say, D- Diego, listen, dude, um, we don't need you to do everything. Simplify your game, your center back, make plays. Doesn't have, not everything has to be perfect, and just relax. Let's get you into the flow of the game here, and 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 let's go get them. So t- t- today, today, I mean, new coaching staff, new players, you're just trying to drive this message like, okay, this is the, you're my guy. Uh, that's I know what you got in you. I've seen you play for years down in Argentina, and th- let's go get it done.
0: Good. We'll see if that plays out. 7.30 start time at Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, California on Saturday for Minnesota United and the LA Galaxy. Then Sunday, uh, early Pacific start time, noon start time, 3.00. 3- 3 p.m. out on the East Coast from Yankee Stadium, LAFC's first road trip, and it's a long one all the way across the country, to take on NYCFC. This is a different NYCFC team. Obviously, now that they don't have Davi Villa anymore, um, Maxi Morales probably more the emphasis in the attacking end and a team that has drawn each of their first two matches. But I always say, and you can speak to it as a player, Dan, for some reason or another, the long travel across the country, whether you're going east to west or west to east in this case, it proves to be more difficult for teams than you might initially think.
1: Yeah, I always preferred actually the day games on those long travel days just because you you wake up and you have had a decent night's sleep and you're not having a, now a long travel day followed by a long day in the hotel waiting waiting for a night game. So mm, okay. so so the day game uh, I, I think is actually favorable for LAFC and it's not like the conditions or the the weather conditions should should be uh, relatively neutral. Um so um to your point yeah it, it's it's tough but I, whatever happened man since since Patrick Vieira left this NYC FC team uh, it just it just has a different feel to it and they don't have the same uh, identity um, or they haven't captured that anyway. And, uh, my expectation is that NY is, excuse me, is that LAFC can, can go in there and, and nick, nick some points, if not a win.
0: Yeah, I, I, I still, I, you know, we'll get to our picks in a minute here, but I, I still think, you know, it's going to be a challenge for them on paper. They're, they're no question considered the better side. Um, but again, going all the way across the country and, you know, writing some, some, High waves of emotion from two big wins against Western Conference opponents in the first two weeks. Um, you you got to see if you can keep that momentum going. So that takes us to our, yeah, cue the sound effects right here, DK. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it takes us to our, our magical picking se- segment as we wrap things up here on the uh, Believe Sports Podcast Network. Let's stay right there with LAFC. What's your prediction in terms of win, lose, or draw, and maybe a scoreline you
1: expect? Yeah, I, I actually do expect based on um, LAFC's form, and it just seems like the they they got some some serious belief out of the second half of that um, Portland game. Um, they've they've now put together I think three very good halves of soccer, um, and they'll build on that. It just seems the motto of this team. I I don't know. There's something they got they got some swagger going to them. And I think they're going to go into NYCFC, uh, a team that has drawn D.C. United and has drawn Orlando. Yep. And I, I think that LAFC is going to be a team that is is just a higher pedigree than those two former opponents. And NYCFC is going to have a hard time keeping pace. And, and that field, it's, it's so small that goals can happen in bunches. Um, and that's kind of what I anticipate. Maybe a, a string of a couple goals that opens this thing up, and then NYCFC are, are, are chasing the game. And um, I'll call it a two-one victory for NYC for uh, LAFC.
0: Interesting, interesting. Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to actually uh, go with a draw on this one. I'm going to say one-one. And again, I know I've said it a couple times about the travel, and I think that stuff. These two teams drew one-one a year ago at Bank of California Stadium. And it wouldn't be a bad thing for LAFC to remain unbeaten with two wins and a draw out of their first three games on the year. Um, and I'm gonna actually call it a 2-2 match between Ooh. these two teams.
2: Ooh, so, uh, rogues. Yeah, you rogues said goals ha- going out said, there, huh?
0: Yeah, you said goals happen in bunches. And, they do. Um, and and I, I, I could see LAFC getting out to a one nothing lead, maybe a two nothing lead, but I think there's some fight in this uh nycfc team but you're right since vieira has left it's been a steady slope going in the wrong direction uh for the club and so we'll we'll see what happens out there at yankee stadium i do like the fact that because of the small field lafc is a very technical team under bob Bradley. so i do i do like that strength for them there but again for me for some reason just my experience covering games i just feel like you know, there could be a draw coming here in this one. Moving over to the LA Galaxy, you going to go to the game on Saturday this weekend?
1: Um, yeah, my, my plan is to go to the game this weekend. So you All guys, right, you I'll guys, you, you, I'll, listeners, I'll... You, you listeners, you listeners, you you come find me.
0: Yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, I will um, I will go first here on this one, and I don't know why. But two-two is another scoreline I like right here. I think I see this being a little bit of a more open-ended game. Oh
1: man, uh, you might have just stole my—you might have just stole teams, my my pick here, Rogues.
0: Both teams have had, um, you know, a, a little bit of gaps in the defensive end. So I see, I, you know, I know I said I don't like it for the Galaxy to get this into an open game where you're not really seeing the midfield dictate the tempo. But I think it could turn that for the final 30 minutes. So I'm going to go with the two-two draw here.
1: Yeah, I actually tend to agree with you on, on this. Um, what? That I, I'm never I happens. I know. I'm going to I'm actually going to settle on a 1-1 draw. Um I'm anticipating no um uh, no uh, Ibrahimovic um and no Alessandrini Ooh. for the Galaxy mm-hmm. and I'm not I don't know anything. I haven't I don't have confirmation on that. This is just a gut feeling um based on the injuries that they had and when I look over at uh, this Minnesota team um Esvaldo Alonso running in midfield. Um, you got Miguel Ibarra finding good form. Ico Parra at center back. I mean, this, this is a team. They're a team now. They they were no they at this point. Um, they haven't been a team, and and this season they are. And I think they're just going to be uh they're they're, they're going to be a lot to handle if Galaxy's not quite at full strength. So I'm gonna go one one draw.
0: And fans remember, we're keeping tack- we're keeping tally of this throughout the course of the season. We came in this week at 3-3 apiece after, uh, after a good opening week. We only got one pick right this last week, Dan. We both picked LAFC to win. No extra credit for the score lines because we both had the score line wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then as our, as our, wild as our wild card pick, we we're both,
2: getting
1: good. We're we getting both, good at yeah, this.
0: Maybe you won't want to wager on any of these folks, but we wouldn't, I don't, yeah, that's, Hey, we're in it for the marathon, not the sprint. Uh, we on, both, now. by the way, picked Atlanta United to pull out a win against FC Cincinnati. And, and what they do? Work, that, well, I can't believe it. It worked out one, one. I can't believe it. Uh, so do you have a wild card pick for me this week, DK? Um,
1: yeah. You know what? You know, what's funny is, is of course, I do, um, and I think my my wild card pick is gonna go right back to FC Cincy. Ooh! Um, and I mean, I just I still don't believe in this team. Um, to me, Atlanta is not a a, a great uh, a great source of, of uh, comparison. I mean, they 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 gave that game away. I don't know if you watched it or not, but they gave gave that game away. Yes. yes, you have uh, FC Cincinnati um, is playing their MLS home opener this weekend
0: against Portland.
1: Uh, against Portland and this Portland team, I think, has a response in them. Ooh. So, yeah, I think there's going to be sometimes when you have your home opener, um, there's almost a pressure behind it, too. And it, there's going to be a little letdown or like a little. OK, we, we got our first point. We're not going to start off 0 and 5, um, and they're going to they're going to drop some points here to Portland. So I'm I'm going to say, uh, Port my my bonus round pick for those reasons is is Portland nicking a point on the road against Cincy. That'll be a tie.
0: Ooh ooh, can we put you down for a score line?
1: Score line 1-1. One, one.
0: Okay, all right, I, I like it, I like it. Uh, I am going to actually go a little further all the way to the East Coast, and I'm going to go to Red Bull Arena. Uh, yeah. um, the San, San Jose Earthquakes coming off of a, a home loss yeah. uh, at 3 nothing against the aforementioned Minnesota United, and the Red Bulls had week two off in the yeah, schedule. Yeah, but,
1: but you know and what I they think, did last
2: night.
0: I, I think that, and I, But I think they're still seeding from what has happened in CONCACAF Champions League. So I, I'm I'm gonna put uh, New York Red Bulls on the board for a win and a three-one score line there. Woo! Yeah, San
1: Jose suck. So yeah. that's probably good. That's probably good. Uh, that's probably good one.
0: Probably good And again, pick. and again, that's the travel that I don't like from West Coast to East Coast. So yeah. uh, th- those are the picks for this week. Make sure you circle back around with us and check in with us uh, next week as we get ready to preview uh, Week Four of Major League Soccer. And plus, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk. To another special guest, no ideas yet, but I have a feeling that uh, we'll come up with something good. Dan Kennedy, by the way, folks, has been awesome uh, on all of our shows, but also awesome. You might want to book him as your as your guest getter. He's been good getting us some good guests so far. <laughs> you can go back and check out the previous episodes and uh, listen to guys like Walker Zimmerman, Alan Gordon, and this week, uh, Heat Tears.
1: Love it. Love it. Thanks, rugs. Appreciate it.
0: Everybody enjoy the games this weekend. Make sure you tell all your friends to get out and check us out on Believe Sports Podcast Network. That's b-l-e-a-v dot com if uh, you want to check out all the great content. And of course, follow us along on all social media platforms. And we'll be back to drop a new episode next week. Have a good weekend, DK, and uh, I'll see you. you too, soon. brother. Oh, hey, hey, hey! I need the shameless plug. Are we on League? Are we on Liga MX together this weekend? I think we are.
1: Oh, we are. We sure are. Come on. Come, Come on. on, man. For those Let's get on li- it.
0: For those that are still listening, be sure to check us out. Uh, and it's the uh, it's the Fox Sports Classico, Cholos and Monterey. Oh, it's going to be great. Um, and uh, Dan and I will have the call for you. and it'll, it'll be some serious good listening, just like you hear on the podcast.
2: Thank you for listening to Believe.